Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Money is only a tool. It'll take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. My name is Thomas and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking tonight? I, I feel like, what, what would I say? Ah, oh, you're always so wise, Thomas. <laughs> welcome to Listen Blue Screen Matters. Oh, you, you can't get blue screens. You're using Mac. <laughs> That's right. I just... Something happened. Sorry, this is like the fifth time I feel like I've heard this um, catchphrase. We Our computers are effing up. But um, mm. I'm just polishing off my uh, Cosmo because I'm about to get real lazy later. Very nice. You're, what are you going to do? You don't want to know what Yeah, what I'm going to watch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch me some American Idol. This nice. is American Idol. God gets All me right. excited. I mean, uh, not I, really. I can but. respect that. Singing is cool, I guess. <laughs> it, it's one of those like obligate it's like a marriage obligation you know sometimes you have to take out the trash other times you have to watch american idol it's you know yeah and i watched footloose last night for the first time really i it really was, i actually really like real that. cheesy 80s up in there you know i actually i enjoyed it i, I didn't watch the whole thing because i was reading a book but um i do like me some kenny Loggins. so mm. as much older as or from my real age as that may make me uh, make me seem I do like me some Kenny Loggins. Anyway, uh, speaking of antiquated things, this week's catchphrase comes to us from Ayn Rand, actually. I think it actually comes to us from a listener, but um, I don't know their name for some reason, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't write it down. It wasn't. Damn you. Oh, well. Well, you know, you can't win them all. Anyway. I, I like how no matter how many times we do this opening, we still can make it awkward. That's like a special gift that we have. That's Yeah, that's our thing. <laughs> awkward openings with potentially funny banter that may be cringe-inducing. That's and right. money education after Shooting that. Shooting terrible jokes at each other, making people get into like car accidents. It's the price of admission. That's what it is. So if you have a weird price of admission catchphrase you want us to banter back and forth about, uh, send it to us on Twitter. We are at Money Matters Man. And if your name is Brandon or Therese or Zelda or Zelda, Zelda, then you are now obligated to send us a catchphrase. Could be a movie quote. Could be something you made up. I don't know. Just give us something entertaining. And today we're doing this financial life. And uh, we've got a listener of the show on the podcast her name is Lindsay thurston and she has a blog called lindsayliving.com and we are going to dig into her finances so welcome to the show Lindsay. hi how are you guys doing well good. other than my my runny nose and cold i'm doing actually pretty good this evening cool, <laughs> cool. well thanks for yes. having me i'm really excited to be here yeah definitely great to have you on and so andrew you uh, afforded me a bunch of stuff so Lindsay, you are a second grade teacher right yeah, so um, I write a lifestyle blog, as you mentioned, but my real job <laughs> is uh, I work as a second grade teacher. Cool. And so I guess uh, we'll just jump right into the finances then. Um, I just want to say that's awesome. You're a teacher. Um, I, I'm married, so we have like couple of friends, and uh, one of our couple of friends, uh, uh, Colleen, she's a teacher, and like I don't know anyone who works as hard as her. Like mm. she, she like has all these things that she takes home with her. She has to grade. She has to come with lesson plans. I've never worked that hard in my life. I, I mean, I don't work <laughs> that hard. But uh, actually, yeah, that that gives me a question. Like when I was in school, I always thought teachers get out when the students get out, so they have a pretty sweet gig. But like, how many hours a week do you actually have to work 
Oh, God. Um, well, I always say on the note of teachers working hard, if you want homework for the rest of your life, become a teacher. Um, <laughs> if you were pissed about homework you had when you were in school, I guarantee at every level your teacher had, you know, a hundred times the homework that you ever would dream of having. Um, but, you know, as far as the time off, everybody has this misconception that, oh, teaching, sweet, you're off at three and you have three months off in the summer. And that just really isn't the reality at all. So uh, I guess let's dive into the money, if you don't mind, since we're yes. doing right. this financial life. <laughs> <laughs> money. Yes. So uh, I guess we could talk about like income. Um, like what do you make and like what, how does that split between your site and your side projects and then your actual income? Yeah, um, so uh, full disclosure, I really don't make that much money off my site. <laughs> um, I have, uh, so let's start with my just general income. So um, I last year I made about $58,000 just over. Um, and so like my take home, I, I guess my AGI, I put, I put on that note that I sent to you guys, um, my adjusted gross income on my taxes was $55,000. Um, so from there, that kind of splits between my contract with my school district, so the salary, and that gets spread across 12 months. So like you said, even when I'm not working in July, I still get my check. Okay. And so it's spread across. So, you Do you know, have the option to like get more while you're working, but then not get paid during the summer? No, I don't. Oh, okay, it's cool. just that's just automatically spread across twelve months, which is great mm -hmm. for me. I don't think I would change it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, since I have some time off in July last year and this year, I work. I'm or last year I did work. This year I'm going to work summer school, and that's mm -hmm. um, additional cash. It's kind of in the. I think last summer I made about three thousand dollars extra, okay. which was nice. And then this summer it'll be kind of around that, possibly a little bit less due to budget and stuff. So how does that work? Is it like um, extra money for the months you work or do they just tack it on to the 12-month kind of split that you're getting? The summer pay? Yeah, like so you say, I'm going to work summer school. Yeah. Do you get it the summer months you work then? It's kind of weird. So with – and this is just a weird thing about you know teachers, at least in my district and districts I know of, is that when you work anything extra outside of your contracted hours, it gets – it has to be filled out on a separate piece of paperwork and signed, and then it has to be turned in by the 5th of that next month to go on the check that comes at the end of that month. So okay. like last summer, I worked for all of July and part of August, and then I didn't get that any, any money of the, from that until the very end of August, like August 30th. Mm -hmm. It was like the last day of the month we get our check. So it felt kind of funny. It was like, oh, I worked yeah. a bunch of the summer, and I don't get that money <laughs> for a while. But that August check was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Have either of you ever had a job where you started like halfway through the pay period and then they don't pay you until three weeks later? It's kind of like that. Yeah. That's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely first, had that happen before. When I started teaching, my first year teaching, that first month was just awful because I, I started in early August getting my classroom together and I worked all month, all August. We started school end of August, early September. I worked all of... All of so essentially all of August, all of September, and I didn't get paid till the end of of September. Yikes. What? So it was like two months. I was dying. I was like eating beans in a can and like working <laughs> so late every night, uh -huh. just like on grading stuff and just everything. So oh my rough. god, it's like uh, hazing for teachers or something. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like there's got to be a way around that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it seems like right now you're kind of like 
in a position where that wouldn't hurt you too bad, though? I think at, at this point, I, you know, I'm kind of this year, 2015 has really been a year of like assessing all these little things in my life that I have always meant to get around to and never quite did, you know? Mm. It's like, I just kind of had to sit down and go, okay, you know, I'm 32 years old and there's a lot I want to do in my life. And I've just kind of kept ignoring my finances without thinking I was ignoring it, you know, because it was always on my mind. So I felt like, oh, I'm not ignoring it. But when it came to like planning and making goals and actually making sure, as Jesse Meekham always says, like make sure your values are, you know, that your spending is in line with your values my right. spending was never in line with my values and I was constantly broke and angry about it. Well, and so I feel like finally now I'm getting to a place, I mean, you guys are a huge help. I, I, that's why I wrote that email in just saying, hey, Lindsay, wake up, like be an adult and figure out your finances. I'm curious when you say is if you know you're spending in line with your values, uh, how is your spending not in line with your values? Like how did you, like what did you notice when you took a step back? I... You know, it's interesting without getting too biographical. Um, wh- I got married really young. I got married at 21. Oh. I was a. I thought you were going to say 18. Manager. I didn't think. <laughs> 21 like a baby. 21. I could barely drink at my wedding. Um, so I got married at 21. He and I both were super overspenders. We were super young. And we were just kind of blowing through money and not really planning or doing anything about it. Because some, to some degree, other than, you know, superhumans like Thomas, um, <laughs> you know, that's dude. what you kind of do in your 20s. You know, I mean, I, I just I listen to the your financial life stuff, Thomas, and I'm like, wow, I wish I had the knowledge to mm. do that in my 20s. Because I or, you know, you were doing it before you were doing it in undergrad. So it's like I never did that. And we were always living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. We'd get a influx of money and we would never factor that into our goals. Like we just were like, sweet, we can go buy stuff. And it just became this sort of stuff fest. And it was kind of a, a, not a financially responsible place to be. And so once, you know, we got divorced and, you know, I was out on my own. And for the first I had, when we were married in the later years, I really was you know, like, hey, I really think we should work on this, you know, and, I, and, it, and it bothered me. And I'm like, I, I think we need to, to figure this out together. And he was really resistant. And I'm not blaming him. I was fully responsible for that, too. You know, well, I could have made When you it say happen. resistant, you're like, um, I, I only want two decorative pillows. And he's like, we are getting 10 decorative pillows. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was more like, you know, do we really need to go and buy a hundred more DVDs? You know, it's kind of like, do we really need 10 more video games? Like, you know, is that really what yeah. we need to spend money on? Um, you know, so for sure, but absolutely. And so, you know, once, you know, we, when we got divorced and I moved out on my own and it was just this whole new life for me of, you know, re kind of discovering what I wanted out of life and what was my dream for myself and, you know, all of those things. I think, you know, now that I'm two years out of that marriage, I'm at the point where, okay, I'm over the, you know, all the stuff that goes with being divorced, all the emotional stuff. Mm. And I really just, um, I'm excited to really take control of things. And the nice thing about being single where I'm at in my life right now is that I have total control. 
you know, it's my money. And what I bring in is what I work for. And mm. what I choose to send out, I'm making that choice of that's where I want to put my money. And I'm the only one I have to blame for, you know, if I'm not meeting my goals. And you know what I'm saying? There's a, you know, there's something sorry. to that. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, because you are divorced and you could say whatever you want about him and it's fine because you don't have to <laughs> yeah. care. Um you you said like uh, what you take in, you know, is yours and what you spend and you're responsible. Did you feel like I mean, did he earn more and then spending was like uh, how how did that you kind of get what I'm saying? Where like, yeah, he's spending your money, you're spending his money and it's a weird dance. Yeah, I think it was definitely a weird dance. Um you know, for a lot of our marriage, he was really struggling with what he wanted to do for his life, like for his career. Mm. He had a great cushion of having some family money, and which was great for us as a couple. I mean, we, um, you know, we owned homes. Um, you know, we were able to do a little bit of traveling. You know, it's not like there were some great things that came with that. Mm. At the same point. Um, you know, we just were not mature enough or knowledgeable enough to make the decisions that would, you know, the, that the use of our money would help our future. Like I don't ever, ever remember, I mean, we were married for eight years. We were together for like 10. I don't remember ever sitting down and talking to, you know, together about, Hey, what should we do for our retirement? You know, mm. Hey, what should we be setting aside? Or let's get information about this. So you know, it's that was a hard thing for us, and I think it was just immaturity. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those aren't yeah. fun conversations, anyways. I mean, you just got married, and you're 21, and you're you're thinking about what beach you're going to, not like what <laughs> yeah. you're doing when you're 59 and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, exactly. even still, and I think I should put away, or how do you how do you estimate like what you're supposed to put away? You know, I mean, there's all those kind of things. There's it's hard. You're right, and you have to kind of figure it out. So you would send us in the email, you know, your your income, your debts, and I kind of want to like go through it. But one of the things yeah. uh, you had included, you actually bolded it. So I mean, I can't not dig in. It's like you said, I would love to tell your listeners the hard lesson uh, learned when it comes to divorced, divorcing and paying taxes. So what do you mean by yeah. that? Um, so you might have noticed on my debts, I listed that I owe money in taxes still from 2013. And mm. I'm just being really vulnerable and sharing that. Um, but the reason, you know, it just really kind of bit me in the ass. You know, it's like you don't know what you don't know. And I was just going through a lot in 2013. So in March 2013, I left my husband and um, we lived separately from that day on. And so... But we were technically still married as we were kind of moving through the process of, you know, divorcing and, you know, separating the things. And we had a very amicable divorce. I respect him very much. Um, And we split things pretty much down the middle. The thing that I was not prepared for is that even though our marriage or our divorce was not final until late November 2013, Mm -hmm. that did not matter that we had been married almost the whole year. The only thing that matters for your taxes, as far as filing as married, filing jointly, or how as you are on that day, the last day of the year. Oh, man. That's it. So even though we were married the whole, almost the whole year, technically, mm. that didn't matter. And so as far as 
through my whole year of my wages, I was, my W-4 or whatever said that I was married. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't taking out as much, they weren't withholding as much taxes as they had to, to cover mm-hmm. what was going to be owing. And I'd been married so long. I mean, remember, I'd been married my whole 20s. Mm-hmm. And because of my ex-husband's family money, his family, they had a family accountant who mm-hmm. did everyone in the family's taxes. So I hadn't done my own taxes since before I was married, since I was 20. Oh, wow. And so I just didn't know that. And I did not know that I had, like, it only, your marital status for tax purposes only matters on the last day, December 31st. Mm-hmm. So as a result, when I filed my taxes for 2013, I'd gotten a refund every year of my whole life. I don't make enough money to have to pay a ton of money in taxes. But I owed like over $2,000, like $2,400. And for me on a teacher's salary, not having, you know, any savings, I was shocked. So, yeah. So lesson learned, if you think you're getting divorced, change your W-4 immediately. Just change your W-4. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that can happen is like, oh, no, I withheld too much, and they give you back the money. Like, exactly, you know, just, yeah. Just change your W-4. Yeah. Right. Of all the times exactly. I went to payroll to talk to them about various things and to take, you know, change like beneficiaries and like all these different things when you get divorced, you have to do and change my name and everything. I never did that. I mean, who would think about that? It's something you fill out like when you get first get your job and then like never again. They don't yeah. ask yeah. you if your state changes. You have to like tell them. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you have that the taxes that you owe and then there's still other debt, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um so let's see. I'm looking at my email that I sent you to. So I had a as I said, you know, coming out of a marriage where we were kind of super spenders and for various reasons weren't just good at planning and you would use our credit card as a backup plan mm. too, too frequently, um, we had rocked up together a fair amount of credit card debt and we kind of split that down the middle when we divorced because mm. he had cards in his name and I had cards in my name. Mm. So my cards in my name certainly, you know, just in the process of moving out on my own, yada, 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 everyone gets into debt for various reasons. So I had a lot of credit card debt about, I added it all up and in the new year and it was about $20,000, which was, I knew that it was bad and it was always that monkey on my back, but I Mm. just needed to do something about it. And I heard you guys talking about, um, Andrew was talking a lot on previous podcasts about crowdsourcing. Um, fun, crowdfunding or whatever mm-hmm. you called that um, with, uh, and I had heard you talk about how you were doing some investing in other people's loans through um, like Lending Club and Prosper. Right. And I thought, oh God, I need to look that up. And so I did. I got a loan right away. The money was in my account like that week. It was crazy They're how fast They're pretty awesome how they do it. Like it's ridiculous. It I, I got myself into a little bit of debt when I was falling off like the horse and kind of just spending a lot and um like i needed it and it was just like the money was there super quick and then you just you kind of flip <laughs> the interest rates so it's good yeah. yeah it was great and all my cards my credit is actually pretty great because i always pay on time and i always pay slightly over the minimum mm. but my problem was the high balances on so many cards so my debt to credit ratio is really sucky and so it was a great thing to have a plan. Well, the first thing actually, even before I did prosper was I got on to ready for zero. You did that mm. interview with the chick from ready for zero. Yeah. Com. 
And that was super inspiring. I was like, because I wanted to do the stack method. I am a really not a big fan of Dave Ramsey, as I know, you know, preaching yeah. to the choir, you guys. <laughs> I did try, but I just, I had to delete all of his podcasts off my phone because <laughs> he was driving me crazy. Not to drag him under, you know, through the mud. No, we love you, Dave. We love you, Dave. But seriously, eat <laughs> it. Eat it. Eat yes. it, Dave. Yeah. Thank you for helping people. Not my, not my cup of tea. Um, so anywho, I... Um, I got on Ready for Zero. I logged in all my debt. Uh, it was, you know, that scary number, you know, that I had looked up, you know, about once a year, every year, and just freaked over it and then did nothing about. And then um, I felt like I had a plan even just from them. Like they free set up, you know, the stack method for you and it's all online and it's just automated and it's easy. They just tell you what to do. It's like you just pay this much to yeah. this card. Like, you know, like, okay. And then on Ready for Zero, they said, you know, it was, it was kind of funny. It was like the way that it was worded. It was like, you know, you could be doing more with this. <laughs> and it was like, why don't you click here for some offers? And I was like, offers, schmoffers, like that's stupid offers. You know, that's going to be some crap. And I've gotten stuff from Lending Club in the mail before, but I was like, oh, that's just like propaganda being sent or, you know, just like creepy <laughs> offers. But yeah. having heard you guys talk about it, anyway, long story short, I got on there I figured it out. I got the loan. I got the money immediately. I paid off all the cards except for one. I held on to a little bit of the money just so that I could feel that feeling of I'm not living paycheck to paycheck for a minute. Mm, right. Um, and then I I paid off all the high interest rate ones first, obviously, and the lowest interest rate run I have is low is a lower interest rate than my Prosper loan. So I felt like, okay, you know, letting it sit just for a minute while I'm kind of working through. And it's nice to know, you know, if I, I'm going to, not if I, when I pay off all of those monthly fees, that credit card debt will be gone in three years, which is really exciting to like see yes. that end date and go, okay, April, 2018, possibly sooner, you know, if I put more towards it, which I plan to, but um, it's good to know. Cause I think I had just gotten in this frame of mind of like, I'm always going to be in debt. Debt's a part mm, of yeah. life. And it just sucked the life out of me. It felt, made it feel impossible. And now just listening to you guys and like, you know, empowering myself to, to get out of that negative way of thinking about debt. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so much more motivating when you feel like you're running to somewhere rather than just like on a hamster wheel. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think that, you know, anybody in debt should try to plot out exactly when they're going to be debt free based on, a payment plan, and I'm really glad that you have. Um, did you do any comparisons between Lending Club and Prosper, or was it just like Prosper was the one that you saw? Within um, Ready for Zero, when it came up with that list of offers, it was like, okay, you're $20,000 in credit card debt. Here's what these companies are willing to offer you. And there were many mm -hmm. different options, um, I think mostly from Lending Club and Prosper. And there were, you know, different amounts and different interest rates. And that was the one that I felt kind of worked the best for me and different like monthly payments. Okay. And so that was the one I felt like worked the best. Cool. Yeah. And then there's just uh, student loans besides that, right? Oh my God, student loans. <laughs> um, it's a, it's yeah. a big yeah. number too. Where'd you go to yeah. school? It's huge. Oh my God. And I wouldn't, I mean... Well, that's hard to say. I wouldn't trade it. I mean, I loved my education. It was amazing. But looking at that number makes me like, did I really love it? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a huge believer. I mean, I went to undergrad, you know, like everybody who graduated in the millennium did. You know, not everybody. I I'm very lucky. Quite a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of, especially at my high school, you know, it was like 
And my parents were just, it wasn't like, are you going to go to college? It was like, where are you going to go to college? Mm, you know, that was right. always the message I got as a kid. And so I worked in the retail field, you know, for many years after I got my degree. I went to the University of Washington for undergraduate. I had undergrad loans for part of the time there. So my family paid for part of it. I worked during undergrad too to pay for part of it. And then they weren't able, you know, they didn't continue to pay. So I think it was the last two years that I had as loans. Mm, and okay. then, but really, and I paid that down quite a bit. You know, I, it was, it was down pretty low. I think it was about 10,000 or something that I still owed for my undergrad loans when I went to grad school. So I went to grad, I went to graduate school to get my master's in teaching in 2010, I believe, 2009, 2010. And I went to a private school. I went to Whitworth University in Spokane, Washington. Would definitely okay. put a plug in for that amazing school, but <laughs> wow, expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I have when I write fifty six thousand dollars in student loans. And so. so what's actually interesting to me is the the monthly payment. I mean, it's still a pretty substantial amount, three hundred and twenty bucks, but it's less than I would expect for that principal. So, is it like a really long term loan you have, or? Is there, do they like have certain different types of payment plans? Yeah. I mean, essentially from coming from a place of not being very financially savvy plus, um, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, my goal was just to get that, that amount down, that monthly amount down as low as possible. So it was like, stretch out the, you know, do anything, like just make it lower. Just thinking of that month to month financial strategy. Right. And so... Now I'm really focused, you know, right now mostly on credit card debt because that was my highest interest debt and getting rid yeah. of that first. And then, you know, my plan is to then move into the student loan and refinance that because the okay. interest rate isn't super low. I mean, my student loan interest rate is 6.75%. I've been staring at that high. number and I, I was going to say, first of all, because you have this word mohila after it that I don't, I don't know what that is, but... I feel it's a like servicing company for hmm. the loan. So it's a private loan. Yeah. No, it's not. So it was a. This is super weird. It was um. What was the? What's the name of? You know the government loan. Stafford. The, what was the name? Not Stafford. I'm trying uh, to Freddie remember. Freddie May. Fre the Freddie. Uh, no. Well, it was initially. It was initially with. Well, it was with. Um, Fanny. No. I'm trying to remember. Sally well, there was Sally. It Sally, was with Sally yeah. May, and then they one moved the it, or then I reconsol. I consolidated my undergrad and my grad loans into one loan. Mm. You know, with the, you know the government. I'm not sure exactly. I'm trying to remember what was the thing that came on the bill. What was the name on the bill? But it was through the government, and then they moved it from that to like another company, but still within like a, the government was managing it, and then they moved it to Mohila. So it's still okay. kind of in that zone of, yeah. Yeah, mine mine were government, and they got. I think they got moved to Sally May. Uh, yeah. They were just straight through the federal loan servicing center, federal or whatever loan it was called. Yeah, and then I think it was like maybe halfway through my senior year, they said, "Hey, we're moving the rest of your balance over to Sally May," and I was like, "Oh, okay, I got to make another account." <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got done. So since they're federal loans, though, you can choose different payment plans, right? Is that what yeah, the you have some option is? Okay. And uh, have you looked into, because I know if you do, uh, teachers are considered public service and uh, there's some loan forgiveness programs where if like you're going to be a teacher and stay for the long term, it might not even make sense to pay it down because they'll just forgive it. I need to 
I've made some attempts to look into that, and I need to go further with my research on that. I okay. feel like, and talking to other people that I know, I've heard that it's really hard to get those programs to work for you, um, mm. that they really scrutinize your job and where you're working and the school district and the student population. If you're at a like a low um, socioeconomic background area, you know, school, then they're much more apt to forgive mm -hmm. your loan. Um, my school doesn't qualify for that. Um, it's called okay. Title I in Washington. I'm not sure if it's called that different places, but um, mm -hmm. so there, that's kind of an inhibitor, but I just need to learn more about that. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. But, so yeah. I, mean, there is, there, I mean, there is a significant chunk of debt, but you do have investments, which is good. Yeah, and, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so there's a, um, an IRA which is traditional. And then also, so I guess through your teaching job, they just, is that automatically invested to your retirement account? Yeah. So in that one, I have 15,500 thereabouts. And then the Betterment um, traditional IRA that I just opened like earlier this month, or I guess last month, is um, it's, a, it's a 401k rollover from my previous career in retail. Okay. So I just moved it, and then I think that's the place where, where I will make a plan to contribute mm. a little bit more money. You'd like to? Okay. And so, yeah. the, the cool right part there you, is if oh, you yeah. contribute to it, um, you actually, I mean, you'll be contributing with after tax dollars, but it'll get a tax deduction and into the year. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, maybe you can net out that uh, what the government owes you just by putting in your IRA. Yeah, hopefully. So are you put are you like actively putting money in right now or is it all going towards debt at this point? It's pretty much going towards debt at this point. Yeah. Okay. I'm not really putting any money the right, in there the right, right now. Yeah, and it seems like you well, okay, so I guess one question I have is like do you what's your um like your minimum monthly expense at this point? I need to I'm still kind of working on the whole budget thing. Okay. Um, I know that I keep it under what I'm bringing in. I'm trying to keep it more under what I'm bringing in. <laughs> okay. um, I'm kind of I'm using mints more regularly. I'm trying to kind of gain more perspective on like where my money is going. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I think right now it says you have uh, about sixty three hundred in checking, and Andrew and I we like we're we're kind of of the same mind that you want to have like two and a half to three times whatever your like minimum monthly expense would be okay. available in some way. So I, mm -hmm. I guess if like if you could live on two K a month, then that's good. And basically anything else can be filtered through to debt. And I think like you're probably on the right track in that case. I, yeah. I kinda wanna hold your feet to the fire a little bit because you, you do have like a, a reasonable amount of debt considering how much you make where where is this money going you say you're trying to budget but like what are you spending it on like gosh well my rent is huge um i live mm. in a really awesome cool neighborhood in seattle and i'm kind of not willing to give that up um and so how much I'm does it cost of, a month so i right now i i rent a studio apartment in on capitol hill in seattle and it's a, you know, kind of a very cool, you know, expensive neighborhood to live in. Um, I pay for my studio 1215 a month. And that includes a garage space that I have in my building. 
And also a little storage unit downstairs and just the convenience of living here. (laughs) I actually actually don't think that is so terrible. Um, I think like the, the upper limit is like a third of your take home. Yeah. I think if you're above that, then like you're getting a little crazy. But um, <laughs> most people don't even adhere to that, so I think you're in like a good spot. But you were like okay. you're like building it up, and I was honestly expecting you yeah. to say two K. <laughs> yeah, same. I was I was getting ready to like chastise you for like spending more than yeah. But <laughs> but then where's the rest go? Because you still have a lot left. Well, so my prosper. I mean, a lot of it was going to paying credit cards every month. So mm. um, my car is paid off. I don't okay. have a car loan, which is great. Um, so, but I, you know, obviously pay. I pay like fifty dollars a month for insurance. I pay um, right now. My Prosper loan is six hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. Is what I'm paying towards that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I still have one credit card that has a balance. So I think last this last month I paid one hundred and eighty-five on that. And then um, gas. I commute to, um, gosh, it's about 20 miles away every day. Mm. So that back and forth every day is quite a lot. Plus then there's like maintenance on my car and I know Andrew hates cars. Um, (laughs) so that's one of those things that, uh, is kind of a necessity in my life. So, So, and my mom always says that's my most important thing I own. I have to take care of my car (laughs) because it allows me to get to my job to make money. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's looking like 1300 maybe, uh, per month on debt. Roundabout. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Plus around thirteen. Oh, what do you pay for utilities? Utilities, I like never use my heater, and even in the <laughs> winter, I'm, like freeze to death in this apartment, and I'm cool with it. But um, gosh, I pay like twenty four dollars a month for electricity. I don't have to pay oh, sewer wow. or trash or anything like that. So I, my utility expenses are really very small. So okay, that's well, awesome. I'm curious, what's your uh, what's your credit score? You said it was like pretty my decent. Credit score. Um, oh golly, I had my mint up. Let's see if it's still there. I mean, the the reason I ask is because uh, your Prosper loan is is thirteen point thirteen percent. That's like a really painful number. I, I think we I can know, come. Right? I think we can come up with like a, a little strategy to fix that. I'm just curious your score first. It's six. Well, last month I or the last time I checked it on mint, it was six seventy three. Okay, so okay, so you need a little. So work. it's not great, but it's good. So it's check okay. this out. So um, they don't see you as like super Len worthy for a few reasons. But um, you said like uh, based on your current plan, you'd be able to pay it off by like uh, 2018, I think you said. Yeah. All right. So, so you have plenty of time to enact a strategy to actually save you money, uh, fortunately yeah. or unfortunately. So um, <laughs> how, many, how many credit cards do you have right now? Six. And that most of them are empty. Most of them have stuff on. They're all they're all empty except one. Cool. And I'm actually because so, I put because of the Prosper loan. So I got the Prosper loan. I paid off five out of six, and so that that debt has moved into that Prosper loan. All right. So you already have the hard part done because um, every time you try to get a new card, it's like a hit to your credit score. But what you could do is you could put a little bit of your monthly expenses on each of those six cards. And then, you know, like, so for example, Laura, my, my wife, she had terrible debt. I mean, uh, well, not terrible debt. Actually, it was terrible debt. She was in collections and stuff and a terrible credit score. And we opened a few accounts in her name and she put like her Weight Watchers thing on one card and like a Netflix thing on another one. So it's like very small amounts. But then she yeah. got like many on-time payments every month. 
So yeah. if you had to improve the score, right? So because what happens is if you pay one card, you get one on-time payment a month, and your percentage of on-time payments is like number of on-time divided by total. But if you did yeah. six payments every month, like you would just make such quick ground towards like bringing, and that's like the core of your score. So I think one with that, and um, you already have these cards open, uh, and like we're in like a really borrow like a loose borrowing environment just go to your, each of your credit cards and ask them to raise your limit don't use the money but um if you raise your limits the debt utilization will have will be lower and if you increase mm-hmm. your payments you could probably like literally just go to lending club or prosper again get another twenty thousand dollar loan get like a, a, an eight percent rate you know just like flip it and you'll, you'll shave like months and months off of uh off of this. yeah wow yeah. okay yeah, I can yeah, I like how I think it's really smart that you said to have them raise the limits too, because I hadn't thought of that part. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely a factor with the credit score. I, we have a plan. Thing, yeah, I and I worry too because a lot of these cards, I mean, they're very high interest, and so I'm just um, and certainly if you pay it off every month, that doesn't mm-hmm. matter, right? Because right. you're not paying the interest even if it is high. But I mean, I feel like in the past. Maybe before the, you know, economy issues of 2008, you know, I feel like you could used to be able to call and say, hey, I've been making on time payments and I'm paying over the monthly, you know, minimum. Mm. Can you lower my interest rate? And I feel like now if you try to do that, they just don't do it Wait, anymore. Have, <laughs> have you tried? Like, do it? Didn't yeah. You yeah, yeah. Video where you just yeah, called really them up sometimes. and asked? <laughs> yeah, it's actually really easy. Like, Because what happens is you think they're like judging you and stuff, but it's just like some person in a call center who's like chilling out and they already know if they can give it to you or not. They're not going to give it to you if you don't ask. And they call up like, can you do it? They're like, yes. They click a button and it's done. They, they don't yeah. care. And even if they judge you, they're like, I don't know in Canada. So you suggest <laughs> doing that again? Yeah, I mean, but look, if you're not going to keep balances on your credit to. cards, yeah, I'm not going to keep balances. Yeah, on so cards. it, it might not be such a that. big deal. Maybe it's like too much work. But I definitely think yeah. like in like you should set a goal in four months. Try and apply for a new Prosper Lending Club loan. Like implementing okay. these strategies, you don't have to take the loan because they tell you the rate ahead of time. And yeah. if you shave like two points, like two percentage points off, like that's going to save you like many months of, and it's going to reduce your payments and it'll, it'll like yeah. give you a little breathing room. Yeah, that would be really good. That it, that rate is high and I don't like it. I was going to say 13% is <laughs> it's like- lower than my old cards, but it's still high. <laughs> yeah. You need to have it like at least like worst case of like eight or something. Like yeah. under 10. I mean, I'd yeah. be like died and gone to heaven if I got an interest rate that was <laughs> under 10%, I swear. Yeah, cool. So uh, you, you also had like some cool questions for us, uh, like based on your whole setup. Yeah. Um, so just kind of, you know, as I'm, you know, really focusing on saving more money and tightening up my budget and working on, you know, really understanding deeply, you know, what it costs me, me to live month to, you know, each month. Um. I'm just trying to figure out then what do I do with that money that I'm kind of building up. And certainly you you mentioned, Thomas, about having like two to three months just in your account like that you can access, which I totally am behind and I do want to do that. Um, But then as far as like, so I've got still on this tax issue that we talked about earlier, I still owe about $926. Okay. Should I just pay that and get rid of it? It's not accruing interest. 
but it is taxes and it's kind of hanging over me. I mean, I'm doing a $50 a month payment plan on that and it just automatically yeah. gets pulled out of my account. But should I pay that off or should I put that, like, save that money towards that two to three months or should I you know, put that more towards the debts that I want to eliminate? Like, what would you... I think that you should finish this year uh, and take some money, like $1 to $200 a month, and put it into your IRA. And I think, like, uh, you're just going to chip away at your tax bill by saving money. So I think, like, that might be the best option there. And if you say, like, they're not, like, knocking your door down over it, you know, you actually have yeah, interest. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, I guess as as long as it's not causing you significant stress. So I mean, I'm I'm an advocate of the stack method, except for in the case where like a certain thing is causing you a lot of stress. You know, I think in my head, if I had back taxes I needed to pay, it would bug me, and I would need to get rid of it yeah. before higher debt. But that's just me. Like, mm-hmm. it probably would have been smarter for me to to invest money rather than pay off my student loans as fast as I did. Uh, but it was like a psychological thing. But yeah, like if it doesn't bug you too much, you know, like Andrew said, uh, putting money in your IRA will reduce your taxable income and you might get a bigger refund this year or you or you might owe less and you're essentially chipping away money without having to give away money you're earning, mm. right? Yeah. And I was thinking too because – so my initial tax bill was like $2,400 thereabouts. Mm. And then I found – I made an amendment to my 2013 return that saved me you know, f- several hundred dollars more. And I had paid on it all year $50 a month, which isn't much. But you know, I was chipping away at it. And then um, my refund this year was right around the same amount. It was like $918. And th- so with the 2013 amendment – and my refund, it brought the bill down to, and all the payments I made, it brought it down to that 926 that's left over. Oh, and so for all intents okay. and purposes, my refund, if it's the same as it was this year, at least somewhat similar, it would wipe it out completely. Okay. So yeah, maybe I just do that. Maybe if I can wait it, it out of... another year. And I'm curious, so you did your taxes this year, right? Like, yeah. You did your own, right? Um, mm-hmm. Did you write off? Uh, any portion of your rent? Not my rent. So Are you allowed to do that? Well, I mean, so you you I'm mean, you must take work home, right? You you grade do papers and stuff. Yeah. And you also have a, a small business that, however big or small, you you work out of your apartment. And so, mm-hmm. like, some portion of your apartment is, you know, uh, your desk and actually works out really well because in the rules, they actually say, like, you, you need to prove that it's like an office or workspace. Like, for example, like uh, mannequins and, and clothes and stuff like – and since you do fashion things, I'm sure you have tons of clothes and mannequin type things. Not, not that they're <laughs> literally going to come to your house and, you know, over like writing off like $1,000. Yeah, <laughs> but that could help as well. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something to look into. I'm really stringent about that. Might be the wrong uh, adjective, whatever. Uh, about saving all my teaching related receipts, and I do. You know, there's some tax relief for you know the money that teachers put towards supplies for their classrooms. There's special deductions for that, and I do a fair amount of charitable you know donations, and I save that stuff. Yeah, mm. little things here and there. Okay, cool. So yeah. what other questions do you have before we uh, wrap up? Well, and I, well, I suppose I already 
asked this sort of was about the old cards that I've paid off the balances. So, mm. and you know, we t- you talked about using them, you know, just for little things, and that's definitely very doable for me. Um, but one of the things that I was wondering about is, so you know, we've got these cards; they're hot, you know, they're sitting at zero balance right now. They have very high interest rates. Um, they, it's not like they're rewards cards or any, by any means. It's not like I shopped around and got awesome cards, you know, when I got credit cards back in my twenties, it was like, cool, a card, you know, (laughs) um, I wasn't very smart when I did that. So, um, and then, you know, I, I noticed, I know that one has a monthly fee and I'm not really carrying any balance on it now. So I need to get rid of that. I don't even know why it has a monthly fee. It's not like it's giving me anything. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, what's, where do you draw the line when you've, when you're paying down debt to close an account? Because I don't want it to screw up my credit score to close an account, but I don't necessarily want to be paying money for no, nothing. So, yeah. So I guess the one thing that like, comes to mind for me is you could potentially call that company and say, hey, I'm not really using this card, but I want to keep it open. Would you guys be willing to remove the monthly fee for me? And Laura and was able not, to pull that off for her, one of her cards. Like She just had terrible, terrible credit, and we fixed well, it, and she called them, and they, they, they don't want her to close it, right? Because I guess they don't want you to close it because they assume in a year you're going to relapse, and they're going to make a ton of money off of you. So get them <laughs> yeah. to cancel the fee and just don't relapse. And especially if like justifies some rewards and they're like, well, you're not really using the rewards, then it's not like a huge deal for us to to get the the fee off, you know? And uh, it seems like, you know, one of the strategies you have right now for potentially paying off debt faster, if you want to do what Andrew said and like potentially get another loan through Lending Club or or Prosper, then you want to make sure your credit score is as good as you can possibly have it. And that means you want to keep your old accounts open so your average age of your credit history is as old as it can be and open accounts the number of open accounts as it goes up it's it's good right andrew yeah yeah like i I think for my age our age basically not you thomas um (laughs) yeah not you thomas god i hate you no uh, i I think like we have to have like 20 i I just wish i was young again can i just have some of your blood just some of your blood (laughs) all right i know i think we have to have like 21 cards as like the optimal number it's crazy so it's oh, insane. Wow. I yeah. I thought two. I had a lot of cards. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I have too, way too many cards. How did I get this many? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so funny. yeah, definitely. I would say okay. keep those open if you can get that fee pulled off. If not, it might be uh, justifiable to close it based on, you know, maybe, maybe if you're, if you're going to enact that strategy of trying to get another loan at the, at the lower percentage to knock out a bunch of that high percentage debt, maybe do that first, just so you have the credit score you have right now working for you, and then you could say, all right, if you guys aren't gonna take the fee off for me, I'll close this account, you know? Okay. Once the foreseeable credit uh, inquiries that you have planned for the future are done and over with. Okay, cool, So yeah. that. And let's see here, so what other questions do you have? I think you had some about Betterment, right? Yeah, um, so I'm very, I'm such an investing newbie. Uh, it's kind of funny, uh, even you know, as long as I've been working, you know, since I was like 16. <laughs> but um, so I, 
I pretty much, I always kind of had that set it, you know, forget it mentality when it comes to, you know, the only retirement planning I've ever done, which is just, oh, my employer does that. Cool. It's done. I don't have to think about that. Money's going there. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really trying, you know, with listening to you guys and just really getting inspired to think critically about that. If I don't take an active role in planning for my retirement, I'm going to be fucked, you know, when it's time to actually do it. so part of it is I have no, I want to set goals, but I have no idea how to do that because I don't know how much I should plan to have. And then the other part of that is, you know, where, you know, that not, you know, on better minutes, really easy. It's like pull the little scanner. Do you want it to be, you know, 90, 10 or do you, you know, like how do you, how do you do that? And then, um, how often to look at it? Cause every time I look at it, it's different. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. And I don't know if I should be worried about that. So, uh, check so, this out. Three quick, three big ones. It, it, no it's, worries, been, uh, it's been since <laughs> the beginning of May. I think they launched it May 1st. They came up, Betterment came up with this thing. It's called uh, Retire Guide. And uh, you put, like, it's like, like the slickest interface. It's by far the best retirement thing I've seen. And they, they gauge it based on, like, your salary, where you live, like, your type of lifestyle. They have all this, like, great stuff. They even look at your other accounts that aren't Betterment. And they kind of help you uh, see what you would need, you know, based on the lifestyle mm-hmm. that you would like to live. And they're just going to tell you, like, you need to give us this every month to put in your account in order to make this happen. So I definitely recommend checking that out and then never looking at your Betterment account ever again. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is not even worth it. looking at. Seriously. So uh, really? I have a little habit to check my Mint once a week. And that's the only way I ever check Betterment. And I just I don't even look at the up or down. I just look at the little number and it's like, oh, you have this much money in Betterment. Okay, cool. And that's Great. it. Yeah. So, so check- I should delete the Betterment app from my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're gonna keep raising the contributions, then maybe you should keep the app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but check yeah. this out, because I love like um replying to emails where people are like investing skeptics. And uh this girl, her mom, she said uh she's lived through so many downturns, she can't possibly have faith in the market. And uh so I went and I looked and if she put a thousand dollars in, like the let's say her aunt Nelda gave her a thousand dollars when she was born, and she's put it in like her S and P five hundred account. She's her mom. Her she's fifty five now. Like through, mm-hmm. I think it was like three downturns, she'd have one hundred eighty six thousand dollars if she just like left it there through all the and busts. No continuous investment of, of new principal, just the just, original, just thousand. the original thousand dollars, and let it like ride through all the ups, all the downs, terrible times, good. That's like a shitload of money for no wow. effort. So I think it's like yeah. you really just need to like ignore it. How much would that original thousand be in today's dollars? So I, I also – it's funny you ask. I also told her that because you know, it used to be like cash is king. Uh, the thousand dollars would have been worth about $126 after inflation. So she would have lost most of – I mean it would still be $1,000. But- so the 186000 would be worth like – a little bit more than a tenth of what that actually is, right? I, I, didn't, I don't follow. So okay, so fifty-five years ago, you put a thousand dollars in. Mm. What is that thousand dollars worth in today's money without any gains? With, uh, yeah, one hundred. The thousand dollars be worth one hundred twenty. So the, the per, it's called like purchasing power. Right. So if you think of it like when you talk to your grandparents, they, they're like, I bought my house and it was five thousand dollars. And you're like, that's crazy. But five thousand dollars was worth more than five thousand dollars now. 
right? That's what, yeah. So that's what I'm asking. Like, so, so the thousand dollars of one today would be worth a thousand dollars fifty five years ago. So her thousand dollars would feel like one hundred twenty six dollars today. I, I guess does that answer your question? So I yeah. So I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm asking like. What dollar amount today would equal a thousand back then? Oh, so uh, the reverse of whatever the, the hundred twenty-six. Yeah, like, to I could yeah. buy something with a thousand dollars fifty-five years ago. How much would I need today to buy that same thing? Uh, good question. I don't know. Because that'll, that'll temper. <laughs> I mean, it's still very impressive, like one hundred eighty-six thousand dollars, but it's not one hundred eighty-six times return 12. because of inflation, right? Right. No. 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 Yeah, it's 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 less, but it's still like definitely worth it to invest it. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating I now. <laughs> yeah, I'm too, much really, too much math. <laughs> yeah, I think we made it through the questions. Are there any other ones? Let me I look. think so. No, I think you did. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, because we, we answered the one about retirement with the, the Betterment tool. Yes. So, oh, but there's one question cool. you never asked me. I'm super what offended. What are you drinking? And I saw yeah, you, I saw you, you kind of going, and you were just like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> it's okay, because uh, they didn't ask me what I was drinking the first time I was on the show. Maybe it's because I'm a teacher. They don't want to expose that I'm having a beer after work. <laughs> See, we were doing it for your own good. Yeah. Right? You were just protecting me. Thank you. <laughs> I had a teacher who had a flask in his desk, so I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I, I have to say, you know, just like a, a little like plug, your website is really awesome. And Thanks. when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the website of Zoe Chanel. You look just <laughs> like her. <laughs> My friends always joke if I had a dollar for every person that said that to me, I would be a millionaire. So maybe I should turn that into a business. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. There She's you go. lovely. So thank you. <laughs> but seriously, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a session premium lager. Hmm. Very nice. It's a little stubby bottle. It's very fun to drink. It is a full sale brewery uh, in Oregon, Hood River, Oregon. I think that would do probably have, be my style. Do you have this style. on the West Coast, my friends? I have not seen that, but occasionally. Really? Occasionally. Oh, I love it. Um, Session Black is my favorite, one of my favorite Ooh. beers ever. It's a little bit heavier, but it is absolutely just the perfect beer. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> In my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show and glad we could help you out. Thank you. I just can't tell you how much that you guys have inspired me to um, just really be an adult and woman up on my finances. Um, I've just listened to so many episodes. It's made my commuting out to Renton, where I work, um, so much more fun and inform informative. And just, I feel like I'm learning new skills every time that I listen to you guys. So thank you for what you do. I really believe in it, and I hope you continue it forever and ever and ever. Thanks. <laughs> yes, thank you. That is so awesome to hear. Yes. All right, guys. <laughs> Yay. If you have questions about money uh, or you want to send us all your finances, maybe be part of the future this financial life, uh, we are at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. You can send us your questions. Also, if you want to subscribe to the podcast or leave a rating and review to help the show out, you can do that at iTunes or wherever you listen. This week's review comes from JSM1122. 
And they just said, I feel like these guys read my mind with a lot of these topics and how they go about addressing them. The two guys have a great dynamic and make it very easy to follow and understand. Keep up the great work. Woo! Thank you for that review. I feel like we had two reviews almost on this episode. <laughs> 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 and if you want to find our favorite money management resources and apps and tools and books and all sorts of cool stuff, it's over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And, so, and yeah. if you fancy yourself as someone who supports the arts... We have a Patreon campaign. We would love it if you helped us out. Listenmoneymatters.com slash Patreon. Or it's at the top of our toolbox. We would love yes. you very long time. Become a patron of the arts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's all we got. So thanks again for hanging out with us. And we look forward to the next episode. See you guys. Later, man. Bye. Tell your friends about this show.